Without breaking stride, she snatched the bottle from the step just as old Mrs Holland's groping fingers felt for it. Well, fuck a duck, Blackie, Mrs Holland said. I could have sworn I heard the bloody milkman. Pulling her baggy green dressing gown around her thin frame, she squinted and looked blindly up and down the deserted street. The cat, a ginger stray, wrapped his body around her legs. For God's sake, Blackie, don't say me ears is going the same way as me eyes. The cat purred. Shooing him in, Mrs Holland closed the door and felt her painful way down the hallway. She patted a piece of wallpaper that was coming loose. Have to tell out Jack to get this clag back on, Blackie. Can't afford no new wallpaper. Around the corner, Kerry stood with her back against Mrs Holland's wall. She'd already downed two-thirds of the pint and was taking a breather before finishing the rest. Her blue eyes peered out from beneath a fringe in need of cutting and studied the Seahills estate in front of her. Kerry hated the Seahills, every bit as much as she hated her near-breastless chest. She hated it as much as she hated her mother, who was having a long-term affair with the bottle. Kerry hated her siblings, well, perhaps not Robbie so much, but she certainly hated every bugger else who lived on the damn estate. All she was interested in was her dream of one day running for England. God, then she would be miles away from the fucking seals. She raised the bottle to her lips, and suddenly a voice she despised over all others said, Give us a drink then, Kerry. Turning her head, she glared at the pair standing there and curled her lip. In your dreams, pig face, she said. Stevie Masterton's face slowly turned a violent shade of red, which contrasted beautifully with his silver nose and eyebrow rings. Martin Rayner, whose face was permanently red anyhow because of the raging case of acne he was cursed with, grinned. Stevie moved closer. Just trying to be friendly-like. You wouldn't know friendly if it stood up and slapped you right in your ugly mug, and you, farting Martin, on your bike! Stevie sneered while Martin ground his teeth together. A joke in assembly a few years ago had landed him with a nickname he hated. Quickly, Kerry down the rest of the milk. Then, menacingly, she raised the bottle over her head. Stevie took another step towards her and then said, Oh, come on, Martin, she's not worth the hassle. Are you titless? Kerry raised the bottle higher. Fuck off before I stand on you! Laughing, they broke into a trot and headed up towards Horton. Kerry was fuming. Her breasts, or rather the lack of them, were a definite sore point. These days it seemed that every girl she knew was, if not already fully formed, most definitely sprouting. Bastards, she muttered. With a face guaranteed to scare the hardiest of folk, she threw the empty bottle over Mrs Holland's wall and headed for home. Oh, there's some of that left for me, said Kerry's 18-year-old brother Robbie as he walked into the kitchen, yawning. Seven-year-old Susie giggled. Robbie patted her fair head affectionately as he reached for the milk, and she giggled some more. Eight-year-old Emma moved her head towards Robbie for the same pat, then pushed her red curls back into place. Meanwhile, 11-year-old Darren threw his brother a don't-you-dare look. Darren was thick-set and football-mad. If Kerry dreamed of running for England, Darren's own fantasy was to play for Sunderland. His black hair was gelled into a spike, and his eyes were even darker than his hair. His skin was also a shade or two darker than that of the rest of the Lumsden tribe. 
Thirteen-year-old Claire wafted in on a cloud of cheap perfume, immediately setting off Emma's asthma. Claire was strikingly beautiful, and she knew it. For Christ's sake, Claire, Kemi rummaged in the drawer for Emma's inhaler. You're stinking the whole bloody room out. Claire glared at Kerry with venom in her eyes before snapping. Well, if there was enough hot water for a bath every day, I wouldn't have to cover myself in this cheap stuff, would I? Robbie cringed and looked away. Claire was seriously caught in trouble and lately she'd been pushing Kerry more and more. Five minutes later, Kerry had changed into a school uniform, which was becoming far too small in all the wrong places. Ushering Darren and her two sisters out the door, she slammed it hard enough to raise the whole street. Her sole intention, though, was to get the attention of her mother. Robbie winced when the door slammed, knowing full well who it was aimed at. His mother and Kerry had not got on for a long time now. He picked up the TV remote. Kilroy was on his soapbox again and muggins seemed to be the order of the day. Robbie shook his head in disgust, remembering a few months ago when he'd bought himself a whole load of trouble by stopping Stevie and his sidekick, Fartin Martin, from mugging old Mrs Holland when she'd left New Bottle Post Office on pension day. Now that had been weird, all right. Seeing what they'd been about to do, we stepped between them without thinking. Old Mrs Holland and her jam-jar glasses had sauntered on past, blissfully unaware that she'd nearly been attacked. Not really knowing what to do, he'd stood watching them advance on him and then, as if someone up there had finally answered one of his prayers, a huge black man with a glinting gold tooth had appeared out of nowhere and yanked the pair of creeps right off their feet. Robbie looked up as his mother dragged herself into the room. He watched as she lit up a cigarette and immediately began coughing her lungs up. He loved his mother to bits, but looking at her today, he had to agree with Kerry. Vanessa Lumsden was one hell of a mess. He sighed inwardly, but she sensed his disdain. What's the matter, sourpuss? Vanessa pulled her robe tighter, then took another draw on the cigarette, this time managing to keep the coughing at bay. Well, she demanded. Robbie felt like ignoring her and tried for a moment, but he couldn't. What's the point, ma'am? You keep asking, and we tell you, but it makes no difference, does it? Whatever me or our Kerry say, you dry out for a week tops and you're back in the same mess you're in today. Deciding that something drastic had to be done to stop the slide she was on, Robbie took a deep breath and tried to be stern. Mama, we want you to clean your act up. He looked into her dark eyes and at the darker skin underneath them, skin that looked almost bruised. Then, as if someone else, someone like Kerry, was inside his head telling him what to say, he cried, For God's sake, Mum, have you seen the bloody state of yourself? Desperate to make her understand, he left her staring up at him as he turned and ran upstairs to the bathroom, returning a moment later with a cracked mirror. Look! He thrust the mirror into her hands. His own hands were shaking as he took hold of Vanessa's chin and raised her face up to look at him. If you don't sort yourself out, ma'am, you're going to die and leave us all. Now, how can me and our Kerry manage the kids, ma'am? How can we? They'll take them away, then we'll all be up shit creek. Can you imagine our little Susie with a bunch of strangers? Can you, ma'am? But, but, Vanessa started to say, Face burning and blinking hard to stop the tears, he turned and walked out. For a long time after Robbie had gone, 
Vanessa stared into the mirror. He's right, she thought, as her features slowly swam into focus and she looked at the ravages the booze had caused. She bit her lip to stop herself crying, but the tears came thick and fast anyhow. He's right, for God's sake, he's right. Look at me. Look at the fucking grey hair. Jesus Christ, I'm only 39 and I look more like fucking 59. The shakes got worse and her thoughts more frantic. She knew she needed a drink. Where the fuck did I hide that last bottle? Trembling, Vanessa went upstairs. Frantically, she began to tear the few items of clothing she possessed out of the wardrobe in case she'd stashed something there, but found nothing. Sitting on the edge of the bed, she began rocking back and forth as she hugged her arms around herself. God, if only she could blot out the pain. But whenever she was sober, the floodgates opened and the hated memories poured back. For her, there were only two ways out, the bottle or death. She sobbed and let go of her elbow to stuff her hand into her mouth because the next sound would be a scream and once she started screaming, she would never stop. She was still rocking and biting into her fist ten minutes later when she heard a bang against the window. Gasping, she clutched her robe. Her heart was pounding. This was it. She'd waited long enough. For a brief moment, she almost welcomed what was coming. It had been a long 17 years. The sound came again and with an almost reluctant intake of breath, it dawned on her that it was the window cleaner. As she came back to reality, Vanessa rummaged through the pile of clothes on the floor until she found her black skirt and green blouse. She sighed. The sigh of the damned. I suppose it looked to the kids like at least I'm trying...